0: Welcome to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. Hey, that's me. Hi, and welcome to Positive Talk. Our show features the best positive stories and people from around the globe. As we endeavor to answer the universal question of, why am I here and what is my purpose? Understanding that can change everything. And knowing your greatness is fundamental to living your best life. So join us right now as together, we work to create the adventure of our lifetime. You know, there are people that are doing that, they're working to have an adventure of a lifetime and are really have found their purpose and why they're actually really here. Our guest today is one of them's peoples, and we're going to talk to him in just a moment, but before we get to go there, we're going to talk to my friend Eric real quick, and Eric, how are you this fine day, sir?
1: happy monday kevin i'm doing fine and it's you know so warm and nice feels
2: like
0: (laughs) feels like like march (laughs) it does well you know we're not that far away but uh because tomorrow or no thursday is the is february 1st already can you imagine i thought we just had christmas (laughs) You know,
1: I've still got uh, Christmas uh, decorations up in my house, you know, like I packed away the the main stuff, but there's still like one or two stragglers that I didn't catch, you know, that I'm wandering around. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Got to get those put away. But it it feels kind of nice to still see, you know, the Christmas cards or whatever laying out. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Feels like it was just yesterday.
0: It, it really does. It really does. Well, you know, we have some uh, news that we'd like to share with everybody just because um, I'm just letting everybody know that uh, uh, for reasons unrelated to KKNW or Kixie or Hubbard Broadcasting, um, Positive Talk is going to take a little hiatus away uh just so that I can uh, uh, basically, you know, like I'm only 66, so I guess it's time to get my act together, wouldn't you say, Eric?
1: <laughs> uh, however you want to put it it's uh, it's sad for us uh, to not have you on the air with us and Wednesday I believe is the last show um, and uh, so uh, we'll enjoy today and we'll enjoy Wednesday uh, and then we'll bid you a fond adieu uh, for the time being but uh, hopefully it's not, it's not farewell forever hopefully we'll see you again and hopefully it won't be 20 years in between
0: <laughs> well it happens that way for me i'm afraid it's like you know i'm a bad penny i keep showing up and if you if you'd like to get, let me know that uh that you got this and that you're going to miss us you can give eric a call and he'll put it in the chat for us and uh, just to say um thanks and i to thank everybody that listens to us and i've really enjoyed the time together so if you want to uh, uh, give us a put it in the chat. If you're online or if you are um, um, on driving around, be careful. Don't pick up your phone while you're driving, by the way. or But you can text us or you can um, give us a call at 425-373-5527. But other than that, Eric, everything's going great. It's a beautiful day outside, and we have a wonderful guest here. Uh, that we're going to be talking about this hour and and because it's our second to last show we're dispensing with all the commercials and all the other crap that goes with it so we're just going to run it straight through <laughs> and then have a really good time i hope my sponsors don't mind but anyway it doesn't matter um, I,
1: mean, <laughs> I can't help but think that maybe that was part of the issue of you not getting sponsors <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> just get rid of this crap <laughs>
0: <laughs> you think you think it's uh, <laughs> that's my way of saying really, I don't really. got none and if but if you by the way and this happened last time 20 years ago if you want to support this show if you want to keep it on the air you can give me a uh, email at kevin at kmmedia.pro all you got to do is sponsor the show and come up with just a little bit of scratch as they say and away we go so I'm I, if you want to do that I, I would be more than happy to to talk to you about it, and we'll give you a we'll give you a hell of a deal, hell of a deal, it's a hell of a deal. <laughs> that's that's my uh, uh, Rocky manager voice.
1: It's a hell of a deal, kid. It's Burgess a hell of Meredith. Deal.
0: Burgess Meredith, rest yeah. his soul. Yes, yes, indeed. So, and speaking of uh, actors, we have a, a great actor here. We're going to play a little bit of a clip. From uh, a a program that he put together, his his name is uh, his 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 name is Jeff and Jeff Schubert, and we're going to bring him on right now. He is an actor. He is and for those of you that are listening, and you can't see Jeff in person. The first time I met him, um, and first of all, his picture—he's clean shaven. And the, the extent that an actor will go for a role is really remarkable. He has a beard that goes down. As a matter of fact, if you have chest hair, you could probably braid it together with your chest hair to make it, uh, so it's, he, he looks like a, uh, a monk or a, um, um, a priest, or no, a, uh, um, a rabbi, uh, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. In any event, he is an actor, he's a producer, he is a writer. He's um, got a uh, BA in uh, in um, in oh, hold on in psychology, and he's studied hypnotherapist. He's done a lot of things, and and we really wanted to have him on because he's a, he's really is a remarkable human being. And Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend?
2: I'm great. Thank you so much. I feel honored to be one of your your last guests, but I'm sorry to hear that you're going to be going.
0: Well, you know, it's uh, I'm just taking a hiatus just to uh, figure myself out and look at my checkbook and, you know, stuff like that. So,
2: Sticking to the theme of Positive Talk Radio, one thing I I like that you kind of inferred in your intro is you're 66 and you're still enthusiastically trying to figure out what you want to do when you grow up. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) That's great. That's wonderful.
0: And I continue to do that, and I hopefully will do that until – the day the good Lord says, this is the expiration date on the bottom of your foot, and come on home.
2: Keep, on, yeah. keep Keep pursuing your passion. Keep figuring it out. Keep keep growing. Wonderful.
0: And that's why I'm glad you're here, because you're one of them. Mm-hmm. that is, uh, You're an actor. You've done some stuff over time, and we're going to actually play a clip from something that you've done fairly recently, which I think is is really funny and is a is a great thing but you've you've really worked at your life to to live your best life and it seems to me like every day and you're and you're actually working with you've worked with abused children in the past and you're currently the the program manager for an inpatient program that serves dual diagnosed mentally ill adults that's right. and thank you for doing that oh
2: thank you sure yeah so basically you know you talk about living your your best life and that's something that we that we talk about often in the groups I facilitate. And, you know, until you make it as a big star and you're not living independently wealthy off of your, your acting, right? There's other things you have to do. And there are basically, there's a couple of schools of thought with that. Some actors believe when they come out to LA, they have to go all in, they can't do anything else. They would almost rather be homeless and pursue their craft and have no other option. And that's the way to keep on doing it. And that's great if that works for them. Me. I always wanted to do something, you know, meaningful that I derive meaning from, aside from pursuing the craft. And I, I pursue my craft very hard, acting, writing, directing, producing. I've dabbled in stand-up comedy, but I didn't want to put all my uh, bread in that one particular basket. So, yeah, I've spent five or six years as a massage therapist. I've spent a lot of years working in mental health. Now it's the inpatient facility. And yeah, back to living your best life. And there's a lot of things that can get in the way of doing that, which we try to remove those obstacles out of the way. Right. And then there are things that you can do to push you in that direction. And it's really important because, you know, we only get, as I see in the background on your screen there, we only get one turn around the ferris wheel and we make the most of it. Right. That's right.
0: It's, it's, well, it's important. And when you do, the the facilitation that you do at the home you work at, you guys talk about that quite a little bit to try and get people on the right track to get them moving
2: forward in a positive way. Sure, so more specifically, we get our inpatients, we get them from the hospital 99% of the time, they've been hospitalized because they're a threat to take their own life or maybe someone else's and they're gravely disabled. Dual diagnosis means that they have a mental health diagnosis such as schizophrenia, uh, manic depression bipolar or and or a substance abuse diagnosis addicted to drugs oftentimes you know it's it's meth methamphetamines a lot of the time some fentanyl other drugs but those are a couple of the big ones and yeah our daily groups are a part of of the program groups on positive thinking right um groups on motivation groups on managing expectations all kinds of different things
0: I would like Jeff for you to take a moment to educate me because I know that methamphetamine is a highly addictive substance, and I don't quite understand why anyone would take that. Can you, in your experience, what is what are the reasons why someone would take that and then get hooked on it?
2: Well, lots of different reasons why they they might get hooked on it accidentally, right? Just, you know, drug experimentation and not knowing what they're in for. But in terms of staying hooked on it, uh, someone with a degree, I do not have a clinical degree, I want to make that clear, um, would say the difference between an addict and someone with a drug problem is two people go to the doctor, the person with a drug problem, the doctor tells that person, if you don't quit this drug, you're going to die. It's hard, but that person does it. The addict, the doctor tells them that and they continue to do the drugs. Right. It's it's a compulsion beyond what they can control. And there's, you know, there's theories about, a, you know, some neurochemistry involved in that, that it's you know, it is many people. It's a disease uh, that has to be treated as such. And it's a tremendous challenge. That's why it's always, um, you know, you mentioned when I first came out here, I first worked with abused adolescent children. I emphasize my B.A. degree in child psychology because it's it's so much easier. I, I should say that it's a little bit easier to prevent someone from being an addict in the first place. It is to work with them once they become an addict right so i mean there are different challenges for different reasons obviously and i don't want to make it out like it's easy uh the first one but yeah it, once someone becomes addicted th- those drugs are powerful you're you're changing your neural net the wiring in your brain you're competing against that um, you're competing against all the when we say dual diagnosis so in some instances uh, the mental health diagnosis is the primary leading to the substance abuse and others Uh, The substance abuse is primary, and if you remove that, the mental health issues, you know, aren't as bad. So one of the first things you need to do is figure out what's primary in the the individual. Is it the substance abuse or the mental health? And you're not ignoring one for the other, but you are maybe favoring, you know, the treatment of one over the other, um, depending on what resources you have to treat the person with. Because, again, you know, all of our clients, we're not dealing with rich clients at the facility I work. They're all uh, homeless, Medi-Cal. A lot of them have a forensic or prison background as well. Um, So, you know, we don't have the most resources. We're a little county funded nonprofit private, but we do the best we can.
0: Well, and the, um, the, the thing, the thing about that, I drove a bus for 12 years. Mm -hmm. And so I see a lot of those folks that, that are in the, what you would call the bottom third or the bottom 3% of people that are addicted and they can't drive anymore, and and their their life is kind of in trouble. And uh, that's one of the reasons why, Jeff, I've run across this hotline that I wanna share with everybody uh, real quick, because it, it can be very beneficial if you are in that place so that you can get the help that Jeff provides. The first step is to reach out. And you can do that by reaching out to 988. Write this number down put it on your refrigerator so everybody in your house can see it so 988 and that's a national hotline Mm -hmm. and they've got professional people that will then guide you to get the help that you need be it suicide be be it uh, any other mental health issue depression all of those things drug addiction uh, and for our special um um uh veteran friends if you dial 988 and then 1, you'll be contacted or put in contact with a a veteran who's been through what you're going through. Your life is too important. Make the call. Save your own life because you're valuable to society. Is that is that a good thing for me to put out there?
2: Absolutely. And and one myth that I've heard regarding the, the 988, that's basically the new um, suicide crisis hotline. They, they simplified it from being a 1-800 number to make it um, 988 easier to remember. And one myth that I saw circulating on social media about 988 is that they'll come and take you away if you call them. Uh, not true. They will operate under the same auspice as someone like myself or working in my agency. If you come across as credibly threatening your own life or someone else's yes they will do what they can to get to you right away if you if you mention suicidal ideation they won't necessarily you know come and hospitalize you right they'll they'll ask you are you thinking about doing it now do you have an immediate plan and those are some of the red flags that they'll look out for and that they would come and, and just to try to help you and when i say take you to the hospital most states i don't know about all of them off the top of my head I have a three day, 72 hour hold. So it's not indefinitely and for the rest of your life. It's just to kind of stabilize you and, and get you to say, yeah, I'm, I'm no longer actively thinking about killing myself. Otherwise they do exactly what Kevin says: It's someone for you to talk to, uh, get help, uh, get referrals to agencies that might be able to help provide you with services you need.
0: I have been unfortunately involved in a couple of suicides. And I can tell you if, you don't think anybody cares about you if you don't think anybody loves you you're dead wrong there are people that in both cases my brother-in-law and a family mm-hmm. friend in both of these cases everyone in the family was just devastated mm-hmm. nobody saw the signs and because they didn't they now have to carry that with them so you're not alone yeah. You can, and if you need help, get the help that you need because your family will be there and they will stand behind you. And even if it's just friends that you know, or a couple of them, you're important. You're important to everything that we do here. So and, and, enough of that. We I want to talk
2: about more positive things than that, but it's just important, Jeff, don't you think? absolutely and to circle back i'll be quick i promise because you asked about why people become addicted and i kind of gave you a circular answer there are a ton of reasons obviously we're not going to get into a whole bunch of them but there's a lot of it is is negative thinking related right it's hopelessness it's cynicism it's a lack of trust it's lack of belief in self it's low self-esteem it's self-sabotage it's not believing you're good enough there's there's a whole bunch of um mental health related uh, reasons that tie into negative thinking, right, just to keep it on topic, uh, that that do contribute to the experimentation of it and the lack of belief in self or the, the resources to help you in not trying to get over it. So that's just a, maybe a little bit more of a direct general answer for you for that one. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's, a, that's very important. And if you are a young
0: person or you are connected to a young person, um, it's a conversation worth having because there are people that I know that did it once once they just experimented with it and that led them down the road and now they are addicted to the substance whatever it is yeah. and so let them know there are don't yeah.
2: <laughs> I guess I guess uh, Nancy Reagan said uh, uh just say no oh no, yeah well you know the the big problem in our educational system and I'm so sorry if I'm getting off track but as much as I want to promote my film career, this stuff is more important, right? Um, especially if anyone's listening and, and can use the it. But in our educational system, we don't teach people how to grieve, right? We, when they, when they lose a loved one, we don't teach people how to cope with death or to deal with that. We don't teach people how to argue. We don't teach people how to, um, disagree without offending. We don't teach people all these skills that we see are contributing to the polarization of society and the directions we're going in, right? And all of a sudden, if you teach people how to disagree, if you teach people about self-esteem, if you teach people about all these things, then maybe by the time they're you know confronted with the choice of doing drugs for the first time, they have the 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 foundation with which to say no.
0: Exactly. And I think you're right. I think grief is a huge component to how people go down the wrong road and there's no telling when that's going to rear its ugly head Mm -hmm. because because life is very it's very um um, you can't predict it um i have a good friend of mine that uh two weeks ago she lost her Mm sister-in-law um in a traffic accident and then um are you familiar with the the melanie the the gal who did uh the song in the 70s it might be before your time uh my key or uh, anyway she was she was she was an artist and uh had a number one hit um and she passed away and the same oh brand new keith thank you eric okay. <laughs> All right. um and uh and she passed away this weekend and the same lady who lost her um, sister-in-law, Melanie was her best friend. Mm-hmm. And so she's going through grief and she, and going into the year, none of that had happened. So you don't know when it's gonna happen. So the best thing to do is to get,
2: make sure you get the help that you need. You agree with that? Absolutely. And again, you're making me think of so many good things here, thank you, Um, that I wanted maybe talk about. And that is how about, Again, going back to the school system, how about instead of waiting till someone becomes a drug addict, or instead of waiting till someone has anger management issues and makes a bunch of decisions that they regret and cost them relationships, we teach the serenity prayer to people that are in school. And basically the concept behind the serenity prayer for those people who aren't familiar with it, it's really about accepting what you can't control. And so many issues connect in some way, shape, or form to not being able to accept the things uh, we can't control, that we cannot control, and focusing on the things that we can, right? If if you if you take nothing else from from this interview, if you work on that from yourself for yourself, if that's an issue for you, that would you'd see tremendous benefit and growth in your life.
0: I'm personally one since I have the glasses half full kind of thing. Is I I tend to believe that experiences, good and bad, are all designed for our personal growth. And I'm sorry, go
2: ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say there's an old Buddhist allegory that I like. And I'm not a Buddhist, um, (laughs) even though the beard might (laughs) work for that, too. I don't have the belly. I have the beard, but not the belly for the, but, and basically an an old man lives in this village. And every day something real, I'm going to paraphrase it. Every day something really good or really bad happens to him. And when something bad happens to him, the villagers come and they express their sorrow for him. And his one word response to that is, maybe. But then as a result of that something bad, something really good happens. And then all those same villagers come and congratulate him for that. And his response to that is, maybe. Because then as a result of that good thing, something bad happened. And on and on it goes, right? So he doesn't get allow himself to get too high or too down because you never know what the result of something will be, Um if you're open to it maybe something good'll happen and I know there are some horrific specific examples people can throw at me but you know be open.
0: Well and the reality is and and I know we're gonna talk about this a little bit later is that how to how to maintain friendships when there are disagreements and and that's part of what your short is based on that we're gonna we're gonna watch in, in a little bit and uh um but it's you know there are times when you lose a friend, or somebody walks away, and you just have to, you just have to let them go and, and love them anyway, mm-hmm. and say thank you for being part of my life for the time that you were, and then sure. just let it go.
2: Sure. There, there, there are, Yes, it's, it's it's all a continuum, right? There, there are a lot of relationships that needlessly end because again, we are not taught how to argue, or we have what's what they call in psychology, misplaced aggression right? We have anger and aggression in other areas of our life. And then we have this fight over politics, over situations and circumstances that we can't control that trigger our fight or flight mechanism. And all of a sudden we're getting angry and we're raging and we're saying things that we do, that maybe we wish we didn't. And we cross a certain point or cross a line and, and, a, and a friendship maybe needlessly ends. Now, if someone isn't respecting your boundaries and they're abusing you in some way, way, shape or form, I think that's where... You know what you were just talking about comes into play where it was wonderful having you in my life for a certain time i've tried to correct these issues they're still present may god be with you you know and, and we go our separate ways you know and
0: i've been around a while and i've never seen a time like we are now when we've got such division hate division and fears what i call it call it and and there are we are having such trouble having a civil conversation with each other based upon what our core beliefs might be, be they true, be they not true. We believe them, so in our world they're true, but it, it makes it very difficult for us to to really get together and accept each other as who we are. When we think the other, per- yeah, he's just stupid. He doesn't know what he's talking about, and stuff like that. In your experience, because you've worked with a lot of people, how do you get past that? How do you get through that? How do you communicate effectively so that everybody can, if possible, still remain friendly and, and nice to each other?
2: Well, I can say I feel like we're being played as a society, maybe even as a world. I can't blame everything that's happening right now on the media or social media. It's been going on for decades or or centuries. I think I was even reading not long ago that um, George Washington had to be talked into running for a third term, the father of our country, the first president, because the polarization was already starting to get to him. Right. So we, we, we do have a long history, you know, the founding fathers for all their flaws. They anticipated some of the hubris and challenges of government. So they tried to create a constitution, a system of checks and balances to offset it and, and prevent those things from happening. And then, as soon as the ink was dry on that, politicians, ever since, have been trying to circumvent and work their way around it, you know, ever since, <laughs> uh, which is unfortunate. But now, with social media um, groups that are on the far left or the far right, uh, groups that are really intense in their beliefs, regardless of ideology, right? They utilize social media. Uh, we we know there are bots that utilize social media. We the social there was the uh, documentary on Netflix about social media, how they how they know how to trigger us, right? Uh, dopamine, a, chemi- a feel good yep. chemical in the brain. Uh, they know what to do to make us feel good. They know what to do to piss us off. And believe it or not, people like to be pissed off. You know, to believe it, there's a certain um, trigger. It, I'll call it dopamine negative. There's dopamine positive and dopamine negative. And while you and your family and friends are at your jobs having friendly conversations, there are people in little rooms figuring out how to manipulate you, how to harness that anger, how to harness, you know, that feel good whatever. So now you talk about in relationships one on one, we're we're not just disagreeing; we're questioning each other's motives right and oh, yeah. you know so it's not just that we disagree right you have to be crazy to think differently than this you have to be evil to think that and that's what social media that's what the bots are focused on getting us to think and you know segueing into my short film love trump's all this was the motivation behind me putting it together because Yeah, I kind of knew about the polarization of society and how Democrats, Republicans and these people, you know, disagree, they don't know each other. But when I'm on social media and I'm seeing uh, friends and family like break up with each other, I'm seeing people brag about cutting off a family member from their life or and getting positive reinforcement from that. And people just, you know, going to their their little corners and just hanging out with people that they agree with. I'm like, wait a second, this is getting dangerous. Because one day, right, you know, America can fall due to terrorism, world war, or economic collapse, number of things. But at the heart of it, I'm gonna blame our communication because we're so distracted with trying to beat each other and put each other down that our eyes aren't focused on where, where they should be, on solving social security, on solving a lot of these common issues that affect us all that have been issues for 30 or 40 years and it feels like we're getting further and further away from finding solutions, not closer together, because we, we we don't know how to communicate and it's getting worse. And I feel like social media is contributing to it. So back to solution, right? Start with people in your own life, right? Forget about strangers. Forget it because we're going to think evil or crazy of them, right? But people in your own life, the people who have been there for you, who have loved you, who gave you a shoulder to cry on, who loaned you money when you needed it, to give you rides here and there, who are good friends, right? Um, you know, try not to question their motives. Figure out if it's, if it's so loaded and you just have to agree to disagree, then, then do that. Um, Ask yourself, how would you like to be talked to, right? Would When was the last time someone yelled at you, called you crazy or evil, and they got you to change their mind? So it can't be about winning the argument because those things as strategies don't work. So if you don't want to communicate nicer or better because it's the quote unquote moral or right thing to do, do it because it's just not an effective, because it's a more effective strategy than yelling and insulting people. You're not going to change people people's minds that way. You want to be listened to, I'm I'm guessing, right? So guess what? The person you're talking to, they want to be listened to. Don't listen with the intention of waiting until they stop talking so you can talk. You know, listen with the intent of understanding. And when the person's done talking, say, look, I hear you. I understand that you feel X, Y, and Z. Here's why I feel this way, right? That person now is 100 times more likely to listen to you than if you just yell and scream at them. I work with people who are drug addicts who have all kinds of mental health disabilities. I will let them vent. And when they run out of air and I start to talk and they interrupt me, I'm like, no, no, wait a minute. Didn't I just listen to you? Yes. Didn't I hear everything you had to say? Yes. Didn't I acknowledge what you were saying about X, Y, and Z? Yes. Can you please give me the courtesy and just listen to me? If, if, if I don't change your mind, fine. All I'm asking is that you listen to me. You know, Jeff, Let's I um worked
0: and, and that, that is really really sound advice and and times they are a change in i think there's a song like that mm-hmm. and uh i have a quick story about a a local boy that uh i and i met him he was my one of my son's friends and he got hooked up with a group that were very very uh hard-nosed about their belief structure they they told him that he was great and that he was an awesome guy and that he would be a a major player in their organization so he bought that line his parents didn't know how to deal with him they didn't know how to talk to him so this this boy ended up getting into into a fight in in um portland and it was it went viral and so he became a really big deal in this particular group Mm -hmm. this particular group was called the proud boys Mm -hmm. and he went to washington dc on january 6th Mm -hmm. and was involved with that struggle because the proud boys became who they are and and thought it Mm -hmm. was great he now he has a wife he -hmm. has a child he his parents are doing very well here. Everybody loves him. And they couldn't figure out why he went down this other road. And now he's been convicted and is going to spend the next 20 years in jail. Uh, and, and it was one of those things. Nobody knew how to communicate. So communication is such a big deal, isn't it?
2: Yes. And, you know, a part of the uh, normal adolescent process is that of differentiating yourself from your parents, right? So obviously there's a zillion things, I don't know about this particular situation, but um, what was his self-esteem? What was his comfort level with communicating with his parents? Did this group uh, fill some sort of psychological void or something that was missing for him? Um, We don't know what shape we're gonna be in when we get exposed to potential mentors in our life, right? People who we are drawn to. And what our self-esteem level is and what our ability is to think for ourselves and defend or deflect. Or, yeah, that's how come it's so important with parenting, which would be another great topic to introduce to our educational system. That would be a challenging one for a million reasons, but it would be good if we could. Um, Yeah, so, you know, so where's the comfort level with the parents? Uh, Do the parents generally... You know you you want to sweat the big stuff right you want to keep your children safe right you want them off drugs you want them to not commit crimes but when they're trying to assert their individuality um you know let them dye their maybe consider letting dyeing their hair color if they want to you know or or certain things that aren't gonna fall within those parameters because if you suffocate them and again i feel for these these parents that, you know, that I'm, I'm not talking about this specific situation now because I don't know it, I'm speaking generally. Um, right. You know, you, you want to give your kid, it, it's normal, it's a part of the growth process for a child to want to individualize themselves and separate them, themselves, form their own identity from their parents. Uh, the parents have to give them a little bit of room to do that um, and always, as best as possible, ma- you know, make the child feel comfortable communicating anything they, they need to to them. So if a situation like that presents itself, th- there's hope.
0: It was a heartbreaking thing for everybody involved yeah. and there were no winners. Yeah. And and so it's, it's, it's a sad situation, um, but, and it can be avoided. And I, if somebody wants to use that as an example, you can email me and I'll give you a, the name because it's in the public record. Uh, and you can look it up and all of that. Uh, also candy. as a
2: parent you can do almost everything right. Yes. And, and 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 bad things can still happen. Um you cannot be with your kids 100% of the time. You cannot blame yourself. Um kids will ultimately, I put myself in vulnerable risky situations in college and I was a you know a decent a decent kid whatever. Um it's the best it, it's a part of the growing up process. There there is it's, sadly there's a little bit of of, you know, of luck or fate, whatever you want to call it, involved in
0: it. Yeah. And uh, as a parent myself, I know that if my children, at, after all the talks that we had, everything that we did, and they had a loving home and all of that, if they make poor decisions, That's right, I can't prevent them from doing that. Sometimes you end up picking up the pieces as best you can. That's right. sometimes you have to let somebody like yourself pick up the pieces because they won't listen to mom and dad because they're just too stupid mom and dad are it's Uh, no
2: it's no different than anything else if if your tv's not working right you go to a tv repair person car's not working right physical health ain't going right if if um mental health wise relationship wise a number of different issues aren't working right and you've taken steps yourself and they're not working please consider getting some kind of professional help like you would for ninety nine percent of the other things in your life, if you break your leg, you're not going to wander
0: around limping and not go to the doctor to get it fixed. This is the same thing. That's right. You know, so so I implore you to do that. And nine eight eight is the number if if you for the national hotline. So, but we mo- need to move on yes. to your acting career and some right. of the good things that you've done. You have a um, we're gonna play. And I, I'm hopeful that Eric is close because he's lined up a a um, YouTube for your um, for you for it's a it's a trailer for your short that you have coming up. Tell us about the trailer. Tell us about the short.
2: Sure, love trumps all. It's about a guy. It's about two people in love. They're headed for marriage. It's going great, and then one of them finds out that the other's going to vote for Trump, and the shit hits the fan. Whoops. <laughs> Can't that's, say that word. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> that that that's um that's chapter one, right? So when that relationship doesn't work out in chapter two, now the relationship is between two people who are on different sides of the COVID vaccine, whether to get it or whether or not to get it. And then the blank, you know, hits the fan. And then in chapter three, we see if the person who couldn't get along because of those two issues is gonna, you know, figure it out, you know. This person doesn't want to be alone. And he realizes he has to figure out if he can be more accepting or not. And will he or will he not get together with the love of his life? And that, again, is love Trump, love trumps all, right? Yeah, with a question mark,
0: right? Because we don't know if it will. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is so true. Yeah. So if uh, Eric has that keyed up, uh, why don't we go ahead and play the uh, uh, trailer?
1: Charlie has relationship issues. I don't want to die alone. Meet the therapist.
2: You seem to have a pattern of getting into relationships that seem to go well. We had our first conversation about marriage. Until you run up against an area of disagreement or something you don't like. I found out she's voting for Trump. I found out he's not getting the COVID vaccine. He ran when I said I wanted five children.
1: Here are the arguments.
2: I don't know what's worse. The fact that she watches Tucker Carlson and thinks he's smart he wouldn't know a political original thought if it bit him in the ass.
1: Is anybody listening?
2: La 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 la. That's what he would do. La- I heard you. You made your point. Move on. That's not the way people who care about each other.
1: Are you fucking kidding me? you trying to say I was fat?
2: You should talk to each other. Why are women always throwing things at me? Of
0: the women you think, who's the one you felt the most connected
2: I hate to say it you have so much going for you in your relationship i would hate to see you ruin it over this one issue
1: now i want to ask you to listen to me and not
2: think about what you're going to say next can you both do that trump supporter see what did i tell you doc
0: but you get to call me a traitor in my own race And that—that that is love trumps all? Question mark. And
2: <laughs> now you—you you wrote that? I did. I did. Wrote it. And directed it. And for those watching, yes, that was me, clean shaven, no hair on top, little thing on the chin. That's about it. <laughs> a little hairy
0: thing on the chin. Tr- and they did. They did. And I want to apologize because they did use a word that we're not allowed to use on there. And so I'm—I'm I'm pretty sure Eric caught it. But
2: oh, yeah. I'm um, sorry about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that was coming, so in, in any event, but well, we know uh, your
2: sponsors aren't going to care, right? Because,
0: <laughs> well, the, the FCC is bigger oh, than the sponsor, like... yeah. So, um, so I'm sure that you, you, you never mind. So, we'll pretend that didn't even happen because it probably didn't. Um, but in any event, um, that is probably the biggest issues of our time is that we run into even people that we love in our own family, I I had a friend, and you notice I said I had a friend, right, right. <laughs> that that we were friends for a long, long time, and he was my boss at one point, and but he is a staunch Republican. Mm-hmm. Now, being a staunch Republican, I considered uh, President Obama to be a very, very competent good president in his eight years in office he didn't right. so when um mr trump was elected he thought mr trump was wonderful and i didn't we cannot communicate at any level at this point in, and it was sad because I mean, we had a long-term relationship but i can't figure out how to and i've thought about calling him back and stuff but what would you say? If you if it fell apart to that degree, would you call them back and say, you know, we really need to talk about this or should we just have a relationship and leave that topic alone? Politics out of it.
2: Yeah. And the best time, like I, you know, someone was saying to me, um, hey, you know, with the election, you know, coming up, you should wait and like really push this, you know, right around then or right around. I was like, no, that'd be the worst time because when people's emotions are the, are the most fired up, that's when they would be the least receptive to any kind of positive thinking crap. Oh, geez, sorry. Is that one okay? Uh, yeah, <laughs> crap is okay. Crap is okay. Okay. Uh, they'd be the, you know, the least open and least receptive to it. Sometimes time, little distance makes people more receptive to, you know, a short like this or, or concepts like that. So yes, that would be, in a worst case scenario, yeah, agree to disagree. It's like, hey, this is crazy. We've had this friendship for so many years. Uh, you know, we we've been through th- this together. We've talked about that together. Um, I don't want to lose that. Can we just agree to disagree and just not talk about it?
0: It is amazing to me the uh, and going into twenty four. Goodness night. I'm I'm not necessarily looking for forward to. Uh, 24, because I think it's going yeah. to be, uh, it's so sad that in our society that the divide is so deep. But I well, think- and,
2: and circling back to social media and you and your friend, that's one of the things they've been really good at doing. We, we don't disagree intellectually or logically. We disagree based on motive, right? So the partisans have got us wired to believe now that if someone disagrees with us, they can't be smart or they're evil, or they're crazy, or how can you support someone that, 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 that has policies that's going to hurt me? What does that say about you? That's, that's the dialogue now. It's, it's not the principles or the points. You're, you're, you're not allowed to have a, a thoughtful, reason-based reason for disagreeing. You're, you're evil. You're stupid. You're crazy. You're trying to hurt me. You're a socialist. You're a fascist. That's where it's gone. And that's what makes the disagreement so much harder and more polarizing. You know what's interesting about that?
0: I have to tell you this story. Do you remember Merrick Garland? He's now the yes. attorney general. Uh-huh. Um, when one of the justices passed away and McConnell said, and it was a year until the next election and, and president Obama nominated Garland for that position. And they said, Nope. This is an election year. We're going to wait until the new president is installed before we uh, vote on that. So we're not going to vote on... It was 11 months from the time. and, And then... So then, a month before Trump's term... Before the election, before the next election, another justice passed away. And so they instead nominated somebody with less than a month to go and voted on them and that person is now sitting on the supreme court i brought that up to my friend as being not um not fair and was was um hypocritical one was not right the end the and he and i said so you can't possibly defend that and he said oh no it's okay i i defended completely because <laughs> That, 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 da, da, da And I said, You can't, but where's your integrity? And he said, Oh, my integrity is, you know, and so that's, that's how the, this stuff rolls. And it becomes impossible for, for us to, to even communicate. I can't even communicate with a man anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, you know, that, you know, when it's to that level, that's where you go to the, let's never, let's not just talk about politics and agree to disagree. I have people on both sides of the political fence who, um, yeah when they will sometimes try to engage me i just let them talk so they run out of breath i make some vague statement and then i move the topic on to something else
0: yeah and but now on the other hand i know another guy who's a libertarian and i'm kind of on the the democratic side and uh but we don't have those discussions we don't have those fights because we respect each other and we respect each other's right to have a slightly different viewpoint and that's okay, we can
2: discuss it and we can be real about it and it's okay. And that's a good thing. Um, politics again, because I am uh, social media, media, they've taken it to the next level, but but it's it's been there. I mean, it's been triggering. I mean, when I was a kid, long before social media, uh, you, the cliche was you don't talk about politics and religion. So that con- the difficulty and the challenge has been around for a really long time. It's just been taken, um, You know, next level now, and it can be triggering again. Going back, I think people have unresolved control issues. They have areas of life where they might be uh, frustrated in, and it gets channeled, you know, into this. We have the bots and the social media playing on our anger, Um, again, uh, questioning motives and intelligence. And it's it's a form of um, I think you mentioned in the intro, right? It's a form of uh, hypnosis. You know, being manipulated. And it's like there are conditioned stimuluses and there are conditioned responses and people hear the buzzwords and they're off and running. And as soon as you pick up on that, you know, this is not the time or the place to have the conversation or a person with whom I can have the conversation with. I've got a great friend who we can talk about politics all day, all night. We'll never have a fight, you know, or an argument. It's it's like you and your other friend that you were talking about, right? It's, a, it's respectful disagreement. My tone never gets any different you know than what it is now i mean i might you know, you know talk of you know passionately but i'm my my anger level isn't escalating we're two people who aren't politicians there's going to be no result of our conversation that's going to change the world there's even less of a reason for us to get that angry and critical of the other Ford, because we're you know we're two good friends with a history of of decades we're, we're, what we're gonna we're gonna fight over you know politics it, it, it doesn't make sense no, it doesn't. And, th- and thank you
0: for doing the uh, the short. By the way, when is it? Did it come out, or when is it? Coming? Oh yeah,
2: yeah. The full short is on my website. It's on YouTube as well, um, and um, it's on my website. It's on YouTube. It's, it's uh, it won for the uh, best long short at an LA comedy uh, film festival, and um, it's got over a hundred thousand views on YouTube. So we're we're I'm trying to make a a push for it now before the election but it's, um, yeah, it's been received very well. So many people say they know people like Charlie and Vanessa, um, and Julia, and they've had these fights and they, and they laugh and hopefully, uh, through the lens of comedy, you know, seeing these arguments play out like that with a neutral, you know, third party, the therapist there, um, you can reflect on it and it can, it can, uh, pierce, it can penetrate that, that stubbornness or the, or the way we're viewing and talking about things and, and get people to have conversations like we're having and maybe change the way they communicate.
0: And I think it's a great way to get it done. If you can get people to watch that and then see in some cases, just how silly we are, Yes, um, you know, because we're making statements and comments about stuff that, that we don't even know for sure whether or not it's
2: real or imagined. That's right. That's right. I mean, and take, take Charlie we saw in the trailer, him talking about, you know, I don't want to die alone. That's kind of what is the um, the springboard in, in chapter three of the three chapters. And it's like when we're kids, no one says, hey, when I grow up, I want to argue about politics or I want to win fights or I want to, pick. you know, you do want to have connection. Right. You do want to have, you know, human intimacy. Right. And do you want to blow it? You know, do you want to ruin it? Because I'm sure, you know, it if you're arguing over it's probably not the only thing you're arguing over right so the poor communication skills in politics probably rears its head in other areas of your life and improving those those skills will improve your ability to maybe either find the connection that you want or improve the connection that you already have isn't that worth it oh yeah and if you can if you can figure out a
0: way to talk to each other civilly Mm -hmm. and understand each other's viewpoint and and Treat each conversation with love, rather than mm-hmm. with hate, division, and fear, and mm-hmm. telling somebody that because they believe something different than you. And unless, of course, you can you can uh, sit down together and then do the research, and to find out exactly what the truth is, and then everybody's willing to accept that when they find it.
2: That yeah, that, that can become competitive, and that can be challenging, but um, <laughs> I want to make one suggestion, as I know we're, we're drawing close here, right, to, try to yes we are give people something practical Uh, mental health skills um, are similar to lots of other skills right it it takes practice in the groups at work i I call it creating your new normal in the absence of new information you will always go back to your default responses of of how you communicate and what you do so you can hear something that you like or agree with on a radio or podcast you can read something interesting but if you just come across it once or twice again in the heat of the moment you're going to go back to your default responses right i I tell my clients the worst time to prepare for an earthquake is in an earthquake you want to have a plan ahead of time people out in california you'll get that right you don't want to prepare prepare for a hurricane for noah's ark the day the the flood comes right you want to have a a plan in place practice communication skills right i talked before about um, not questioning motives about listening with the intent to understand so if you're in a relationship where communication tends to be an issue, right? Make a game of it when you're in good moods about trivial, silly subjects, about what to watch on TV, about, about what you, how you eat or whatever the case may be. Practice new listening skills, right? Practice hearing what the other person said, acknowledging what they said, repeating back what they said. Uh, practice sticking to the topic and reason, not questioning motives. If you practice these things, you are far more likely to do it when you're angry. If you wait until you're angry, it's like, oh, what was that guy saying in that interview? No, No, it it might be too late. So if it's important to you, whether it be the few little tips I gave here, do some research on your own, um, yeah, make make a game of it. Practice your listening skills, practice your communication.
0: I have two things I'd like to say about that. Number one is we have lost, I was a sales guy for a long time. We have lost the ability To listen with both ears because you know what they say you have two ears and one mouth and that's why Mm -hmm. is is so that you can listen intently so that you not not so that you can make an argument so so that you can understand where the other person is coming from and the other thing that I'd say is what helps help me with my listening skills was and you didn't tell me about this you're an actor improvisational acting help me to a great degree because if you're not listening you can't interact with another actor when you're
2: doing improv is that right yeah so basically um the most important per- acting one on one is the most important person in the scene is everyone but you right because you you get your information from the other person. I have no idea what Kevin's going to do or say now I have to be focused on him right in this interview if I'm not right? I'm dead. It's going, to be a, it's going to be a terrible interview. So whether it's co-reading with the script in hand, which is how you audition, or prepared scene work, you want that attention on the other person. And for actors who have a difficult time with that, send them off to improv to learn to get out of their head, put the attention on the other person.
0: We've been talking with uh, Jeff Schubert. We've just got a second left. We, now we got a minute and a half. So I'm going to set myself aside and i would like you to tell our audience, anything you'd like them to know.
2: Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for, Kevin, for having me on. Uh, best wishes and luck in, in your hiatus. You know, you're a fun guy. Um, to the audience, I would encourage you to... Th- th- uh, positive thinking doesn't mean you're always in a good mood. Positive thinking is a strategy to get through life, right? In my positive thinking group, I always normalize and say, it's okay to process your feelings, bad things happen. But then it's about, okay, what can I do from here to move forward in this situation, negative thinking more often than not just doesn't work. There are times where it can be motivating, but more often than not, a a positive focus or or solution-focused mentality will just help you get out of, of where you're in. So it's not about, you know, Stepford wives being happy all the time or not acknowledging that bad things happen in life. It's about a strategy on what is the best way to move forward to get you out of where you are and in the direction of where you want to be.
0: You can't do anything about what happened yesterday but you can do something about what happens tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You control can, versus not control. E- exactly. And I I choose to be able to make decisions based upon today and tomorrow not concentrate on what happened yesterday. Yep. Yesterday's gone. Can't can't help it. Can Jeff, Schubert, Jeff Schubert. Go to jeffschubert.wordpress.com to find out more about him and i want to thank you for being here this has been a wonderful uh, second to last show and i really appreciated you being here thank you so much for having me thank you to eric and very much indeed and and by the way um i only get to say this a couple more times be kind to one another because each other's all we've got we'll see you wednesday at four